Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today you are sitting down with yours truly and the producer extraordinaire, Sam, here in the podcast studio. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. All right, what's going on, guys? So we are doing a wrap up of our year. And this is actually our top 10 of 2018. Pretty special stuff, Sam. I didn't think, you know, honestly speaking here, with the public listening, so I'm on the spot and I'm on the record, as they say. I don't, I didn't really think we would get this far in our podcast. So kudos and congratulations to you. Yeah, uh, it was kind of just something that we were sort of messing around with. It wasn't initially the thing that I thought when I was jumping on as an internship, the thing that I'd be dealing with the most. And then all of a sudden, we watched that viewer count grow. So it's been great doing this and telling some awesome stories every week. Well, thank you, Sam, for your hard work, and thank you especially to the listeners at home that follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and all the platforms that are available that you can listen to our Project Purple podcast. And this has really been an exciting journey for me to have the opportunity to interview so many amazing guests, and I think all our guests to share, and this is our 40th episode that this will air, have been awesome, and I think it's been really a cool lens to have to see it from this perspective and to see where it's where we started from the very first one because I remember it like it was yesterday in the old office to where we are now and things are growing and will continue to grow so it's pretty exciting so with that let's jump into the top 10 of 2018 for Project Purple and this is in order so sitting in the number 10 spot Sam for 2018, of our, our great accomplishments is our PFA, our Patient Financial Aid Program. And this year, we will pay in excess of $100,000 to patients. And we will help over 160 families fighting pancreatic cancer. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, it's always it's always an experience taking uh, PFA calls. Sometimes you pick up the phone and it's people who really need help. And um, I take a lot of pride in working for a company where we get to help help people out when they really need it and to provide some aid. Um, it's hard for people to fund fighting with pancreatic cancer. I, I can't stress that enough whenever I'm talking to people personally is the patient financial aid factor and that that's huge. People really need that and it's been great to have as much of an effect on them as possible. The other thing that I don't think everyone sees up front because we always talk about the aid component, but these blankets, these blankets of hope. And I looked at the spreadsheet the other day, and we've sent out, since inception, and I know this year has been a busy year, well over 1,200 blankets. You know, and the, and the majority of those blankets have really gone out over the last two years, and it's just a phenomenal opportunity for us to share a little bit of what we do with families fighting and also provide them a little bit of hope. So we look forward to continuing our patient financial aid program and making it better, more efficient, and continue to hopefully help more and more families and continue to be a leader in 2019 in the patient aid space. Number nine on the top 10 for 2018 is our discovery commercial. So we had a commercial that ran on the Discovery Channel. We were blessed and, and we were very fortunate to work with the team over at True North Alaska, John and the whole team there. And 
thank you to those guys for supporting our mission and also Team Corone. And Sam, you did a great job putting the commercial together. And that's had, I think, organically, probably one of the most viewed social media posts of the year so far. Yeah, um, it was great to work on it. Uh, people were excited about it. They seemed to be really excited in the comments. I was really excited making it. I've never made a commercial for TV before. Like it was only social media stuff and I uh, never really did that much video, video work before Project Purple. Like I had a little bit of class experience. So it was really cool to be able to take that and be able to say like when they come and come at you with a discovery commercial to go, yeah, I guess I can do this. And so to go for it and look up what I needed to look up, get the research done. Um, everybody was really great in recording. Everybody recorded their lines really well. There's a lot of passion in people's voices and everyone on staff who was involved in the commercial was super excited about it. And so it was really cool to be able to put that message in front of such a big audience as there is at the Discovery Channel. Yeah, it was really cool, and you did a great job. And uh, I know it's uh, it's great when we started to get some uh, messages from people actually watching the show uh, on their their TVs in their home, in their living rooms, in their guest rooms, in their bedrooms, and then snapping video and photos of of the commercial was pretty surreal for me. I have to say. Now jumping to number eight, and there's a tie at the number eight spot. There are two things that really kind of there's so many things that we have done. Um, or I should say that we've been a part of, not particularly that we've done directly. A lot of these things have been because of the efforts and energy of other people involved within Project Purple. And the number eight tie goes to uh, something we did early on in the beginning of the year, which was our research grant to the University of Chicago Medical Center. Research for a Cure is such an important part of what we do, along with helping families. And we were really excited to partner with Team Corone Foundation and invest in the University of Chicago with the Rick Carone Research Fellowship Grant. And that was done back in January of 2018. And that ties with the number eight moment, which is the My Cleats, or excuse me, My Cause, My Cleats campaign with the NFL, where we had three players from the Los Angeles Chargers. Why did I say San Diego? Because in my mind, it used to be still, San Diego. Yeah, yeah. They still are the San Diego Chargers. They were there for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people on the West Coast probably struggle with that a lot more than we do here on the East Coast. But uh, the number eight tie there for top 10 moments, my cause, my cleats. Thank you to the three LA Chargers that supported Project Purple. And one of those cleats is up for sale. Um, it's an online auction that's happening throughout the month of December. And uh, it's really exciting that we're now on this national scene within a major sports yeah, uh, I'm a like I'm a big football fan. I'm a big Giants fan. So it was so cool to even hear that when like I I mean I caught wind of that when Vin was like kind of sort of like shopping it around and it was sort of just like yeah I'm just emailing a bunch of NFL teams and we're gonna see what happens and then all of a sudden people started taking it on or it was like they were kind of in contention to take it on or, or something like that and then all of a sudden it was going to become a thing and, and uh, B Street Shoes started working on it with uh, with the players and we got to see every step of the way by following them on Instagram. So, uh, I mean, if you like seeing cool shoes, definitely give them a follow at B Street Shoes. Um, they did a lot. Yeah, Blake did a great job yeah. putting them together and he's a very talented artist. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty cool. And I think that's one of the hardest things sometimes with some of the things we do here is um, we don't get the opportunity to release them to the public. Yeah. <laughs> so we know about them and we can kind of watch that journey. And then really the, the critical piece for us is making sure that we can share that magic that we see on our end 
with the general public. And that was a pretty cool project because that's been in the works for a while. Um, those things don't happen overnight. And uh, we're really excited about that. Both of those, the University of Chicago deal took us months upon months to kind of decide to work with them. And then, you know, the NFL working with professional athletes sometimes can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. In itself, just from a scheduling perspective, because their job is to be a professional athlete and train and work out and perform at a particular level and not necessarily worry about charity. Yeah, and where and, their shoes are coming from. Yeah, and where their shoes are coming from and how they look. Yeah. So uh, so both of those have uh, kind of an interesting um, you know, dynamic in it. And so uh, it's exciting to be able to deliver that magic. So it's awesome. In the number seven spot for the top 10 of 2018 – it's the podcast, and this was a this was a hard one for me, but an easy one, I guess. As I said in the introduction, this is the fortieth episode, and I would have not. I mean, I know you came to us uh, about a year and a half ago, Sam, and uh, we had this. I had this idea, and I know uh, you were connected with us, and you had asked about the podcast, and maybe the stars were aligned. But to sit here, where we are today. And look back and think about it, like for a moment, and say, "Wow, man! Like this is the 40th episode of the Project Purple podcast." Yeah, it's pretty wild to to think about that if we if we just take a step back. And for me, the power in the podcast has always been to be able to share the stories. Mm-hmm. And there's so many amazing stories, whether it's the participants and what they're doing for us, for the space, and helping to raise awareness. If it's the patients and, you know, the stories are just, they're all amazing. All the patients and the families and the warriors and the survivors are just amazing. And, and, you know, it's hard to like pick one over the other when it comes to those stories, because I think they all are really, really special in their own right and their own way. And then you have the scientists. Yeah. And those guys are on the front lines, like they're battling this disease day in, day out. And it's just really, really special to talk to them and have the ability to have access to them and talk to them about what's going on in the space and what they're doing. So I, I got to thank you again, man. This, this has been a great journey and it's been kind of crazy. I know we've, we've done some, uh, we've, we've driven a lot of miles together to get to podcasts. Uh, we've done them in some crazy places and uh, yeah. it's exciting to see what 2019 will bring us as you come on full time. So uh hint here, or, or maybe we're putting yeah. uh putting something out there that the podcast <laughs> is just going to continue to grow and, and get to that next level. So appreciate yeah. it, man. I mean, it's, it, this is like a weird surreal episode to be recording right now. Like <laughs> yesterday was literally my last day of undergrad classes. Like yesterday was like my last day of like Quinnipiac university college. And that, so like that, it's just strange to be sitting down. Real world, that. buddy. Real yeah. World. Real world's coming fast, but, um, uh, really exciting to be talking about this right now and like how, how far everything's come. I remember at the job fair for Quinnipiac, I was like looking for internships. I'd just gotten back into media and like I did like a hockey podcast with some buddies. And so I'd like to give a shout out to the 200 foot podcast, just like a, a <laughs> bunch of friends. And it was like just a matter of like picking up some skills that we didn't have. And we were like, let's do a podcast. And like maybe we'll be the only ones to listen to it. And that kind of died out a little bit as we started getting jobs and stuff. But it was um, just a good way to pick up some skills for us. So when I came in and was being interviewed for Project Purple, I was like, yeah, I know how to do a podcast. And then something about the podcast, I, like, I saw everyone's eyes light up and they're like, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, 
uh, yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> so it's it's amazing to be here now and to have talked to all the people that we've talked to. Like we've done them in what Chicago? Well, we didn't do we a did. podcast in Chicago. We did, did it? it in Lincoln. We did it in Lincoln. We did yeah. a fun one in New York. New York. We've gone uh, to Worcester in a hotel room. We've been in Worcester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've been all over. I mean, we've done plenty of here in the office, um, and it's exciting because this is just going to get to that next level. And I know we've, uh, you know, even from our, our equipment here in the home office and just even the podcast studio, we used to actually do them in the open office in the old office and have everyone just be really quiet. Yeah, we used to tell everyone like not to click or yeah. type too loud. Yeah, and now we have our own designated studio here and we're going to, this is going to evolve. And so it's just, I think the whole, you know, getting to 40 episodes is really special. All the guests has been just for me, it's been really the special part of it is being in that uh, position and having the opportunity to talk to the people we've talked to. But if I take a step back and you look at like what we just said, like we literally were sitting at our conference table in the old office in this grand open space. We'd have to plan it so no one would be on the phone, no one would have meetings to where we are now and where we're going to go is just so cool to me. I just think that is just like the wildest thing. So the podcast for me is uh, is number seven. So thank you for, for that. So moving along in our top 10, uh, number six in the top 10 of 2018. And this is kind of special for me. You were there. And my number six moment is Amanda Sullivan and Kelly Sullivan crossing the finish line of the New York City Marathon this year. And they were able to Finished the marathon together. For those listeners at home, uh, Amanda and Kelly lost their mom uh, this year, earlier this year. Amanda crutched her way to the New York City Marathon last year. Um, sadly, Amanda was injured a bunch of years back. Uh, she had uh, been in a car accident, and then someone, unfortunately, I believe the story is, she was walking into physical rehab from the first accident. And an individual, instead of putting the car in reverse, put the car in drive and ran her over and severely injured her. Doctors told her, I think she was in a coma for the month, and doctors had said to her uh, family that she would probably never walk again. And when she woke up from the coma, um, she had a, a, a slew of massive injuries and it did tons of years of rehab, physical rehab. And she walked again and she, 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 she crutched her way to the New York City Marathon last year. Uh, she's been on the Spartan scene for quite some years mm -hmm. doing Spartan races and mud runs and tough mudders. And um, she's really built a name and a reputation for herself uh, on that circuit. And when her mom got diagnosed a couple years back with pancreatic cancer, we were connected via a mutual friend. and. She ran New York with us last year, and then this year, with her mom passing earlier in the year, she recruited her sister, and they were determined to finish together. And I've never been at the finish line of the New York City Marathon other than when I finished the marathon. So 2014 was my last New York City Marathon. So over the last three years, I've never been down to the finish line. I've mm -hmm. always been out cheering on a cheer zone, and then... I go to our after party, which is a couple blocks from Central Park. And this year I said, you know what? I think I want to be down at the finish line to cheer on Amanda. And 
we waited. What do we do? We, we left the bar. Like we, I know what happened with the app yeah. was because at a certain point the apps start track stop tracking and they just give projected times. And right. I think their projected time was like eight thirty p.m. Yeah, and I mean obviously, like if you're going longer into the day, it goes with the pace that you're on. I think and if you go, it doesn't account for the fact that like you're might you're stop. running. You, you <laughs> might stop. And like I mean, over time you're gonna get like exponentially slower too. Like you're gonna your pace is gonna drop across twenty six point two miles at least a little bit, right? Like you would imagine you're not running the end faster than you started. I mean, well, maybe some people, but I, I kind of doubt that. Some people, but this yeah. was kind of a special situation, you know. And also with them, with Amanda crutching uh, the the race, um, you know, the day, you know, it's the first day of daylight yeah. savings, so now it gets darker earlier. You yeah, know? and she so, was out in like first thing in the morning. I mean, correct. like one yeah, of the they, first. They groups. got out, I think, around eight o'clock in the morning. So. It was pretty phenomenal what I had done to give the audience a story. Sam and I, along with my oldest son and another associate, we, we headed down to the finish line, which at this point, Central Park is open for public access. Yeah, we, we walked down Just right the, down the middle, down the middle yeah. and then they opened it up. And the last 400 yards are in Central Park. So we were waiting, waiting. I started to talk to some associates with New York Roadrunners, other charities team in training was there they had a couple runners still out on the course so i think at some point i told you i said hey stay at the finish line mm-hmm. the tracking wasn't working I was so we didn't know people. if we she didn't was know. even done you know yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't know, know if they were going to finish amanda and kelly so so then i walked the last i don't know probably half a mile of the race back out on 59th and as i went down 59th i could see i saw kelly at about 59th and 7th on central park south and then i saw amanda behind her so i knew then i think that's when i texted you sam and Mm -hmm. said hey they're coming in they're coming in like be ready with the camera and the video and everything and i was in a good spot so i sent cole i was like you you gotta go you gotta be down the line i was like you gotta you gotta let me know and then run back and he was like okay okay and just uh the the vibe when they got in to kind of like the last hundred meters of the race and it was pretty wild i think maybe you had talked about this or someone else had mentioned it. It was just so electric because the announcer was the music was still playing yeah. and the lights were still going. They were announcing their names. There were still probably what would you say? There were probably a couple hundred people still yeah, there. There's probably down, about a hundred people at the finish line. Down on the finish line, like literally within inches of yeah. the runners. I mean, there were some barricades set up so so that there was an alleyway where the runners could come in and, and receive their medals from the New York Road Runners and folks, but it was just so awesome. And and you know, Ke- uh, Amanda had become very good friends with the girl Hannah, who was running for uh, Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. She had suffered a spinal cord injury, uh, tragically, uh, from an assault, and she had heard about Amanda, and that's one of the things that inspired her to do the New York marathon. So I think when we peel the layers back and we look at the total reason of why these three people were together at the finish line and accomplishing what they accomplished, um, was just really, really phenomenal. And, and hats off to Kelly for staking with her sister the whole time, you know, and they were committed to do it together and, and just, that family and that bond to see that and the hell that they went through with watching their mom pass away was just really, really special for me. So with the number six moment, 
for 2018, it was Amanda and Kelly Sullivan finishing the New York City Marathon. So moving on to number five of our top 10. And Sam, this is going to be kind of uh, the next two are kind of encompassing a lot of events. And so my number five top 10 is our launch of our Steps for a Cure program, which is our run walk series across the country. And if we look at 2018, it was a huge success. We raised uh, well over $100,000 just in this program. We had over a thousand participants and we had six events nationally. And they were in key locations throughout the country. And it just was a testament uh, to what we've done over the last eight years with our marathon program and CrossFit to just expand and, and actually put on our own events. And just really, really exciting to see that success of that program. And typically, you know, it's it so different because A, we, we don't put on our own events, but B, um, to just see families get involved that have never been involved with Project Purple and just the success of the events has just been awesome. And I'm really excited to see where this goes in 2019 with some dedicated staff and some resources here internally and also adding some new events across the country. So that is the number five moment for me is the uh, establishment and the creation of the Steps for Cure program. Yeah, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. I think it makes it um, this and the next one, which we'll tease a little bit, but not spoil. Um, it makes it for more, it makes it a little bit easier for like a more of a total number of people to get involved. Um, obviously like the barrier of entry to like more of a 5k kind of setting is completely different than that of like a half marathon or a full marathon. I mean, I've never run a half marathon or a full marathon before, but I've run five k's. So, no, yeah, never say never. I'm definitely down for it, but. <laughs> Um, it just makes it easier to do, you know, um, like for example, like if I wanted to get my family involved in one, like I could have them come down. Um, it's easier to get more friends on board to go with you because you don't have to train for as long and stuff like that. So, um, it's really exciting from a growth perspective to have that opportunity. Yeah. I, and I'm excited for it. I think, you know, there's going to be some big things happening there in 2019. So it's just, uh, this year has been awesome to see where, where we started and, and similar to, the podcast, you know, when you put these things on paper and then to see them actually come to fruition in front of your eyes, it's pretty cool to see that happen. So moving on to our number four in the top 10 of 2018, on a similar note, again, bunch of events throughout the year, um, but the culmination of this whole program has been really exciting to see it grow is our push-pull for PC program led by Vin Camp, our uh, program manager there. And uh, this year, just crunching some numbers here, almost over a thousand participants, over 65 boxes, because they're not called gyms, they're boxes, CrossFit boxes. And those 65 plus, we had participation in Canada, which is just really exciting. And this just happened recently over the last couple weeks where we have an ambassador up in Canada and she was able to get a bunch of boxes involved and to see it on social media is just really really cool the uh, the postal strike in Canada almost put a kibosh on that believe it or not we we sent all our shirts and backdrops and stuff up to Canada and they were stuck at the post office because there was a postal strike wow. in Canada I didn't even know about that yeah 
Yeah, last week was a was a, a bit of a, a nervous wreck because for us here because we were trying to get these shirts to the gyms in Canada and they were sitting at the post office because no one was delivering mail. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, you know, there's there's bigger issues to fry than a postal strike. But getting back to the number four on the top ten, uh, push pull for PC was great. We were also able to be at Wadapalooza, which is now an official CrossFit event. Back in January, we'll back we'll be back there for 2019. We we're also, excuse me, at the CrossFit Games in August which was exciting with a bunch of ambassadors. And that was just a great opportunity to network and meet so many people, unfortunately, that have been touched by the disease in the CrossFit space. And so, so there's some really, really amazing things that happen with the CrossFit program and in particular the push-pull for PC. So just exciting. And that's our number four for the top 10. Yeah. And that's been, it's been great to watch that grow. Um, so a lot of growth on Instagram actually due to CrossFit and due to a partnership we did with Born Primitive. Um, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, talking and, about it. But yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I'll give a big thank you, shout out to the people at Born Primitive for helping us do that little. We did like a one for one kind of giveaway and post on each other's pages, and um, our CrossFit audience exploded, and it was really cool to watch. Um, like you know, I mean, if you use the hashtag Project Purple and things like that, you can search other people's posts that are using the hashtag and to see that like hashtag project project purple grow there's a point where i'd come in like to work and it'd be like okay like let's look at what people are posting about us and i'd look at it and it'd be like okay we had a few posts the other day you know and stuff like that but now it's like every day i come in there's like five six posts if i'd spent a little while i'll come in it'll be like 10 15 like it's really grown and a lot of that is thanks to crossfit and it's been exciting to see not just the growth of like CrossFit and our program, but CrossFit as a whole, as it's still a growing sport and a healthy sport and it's um, stages that it's in. And uh, yeah, it's been just really interesting to see how much growth we've had and, and the potential that we have from something like that. It's really exciting. And, and you know, the yeah. Born Primitive thing was really cool. They've been a great partner in helping us with our apparel needs on the CrossFit side. And there's been some other companies. Kettlebell has been really helpful in providing coupon codes codes, excuse me, Victory Grips. Uh, there's been also some other companies that have helped out with um, raffle prizes, Nova 3 Labs we've had on the podcast. They've been a, a great supporter. And had a little been, caffeine and kilos giveaway yeah, too. Yeah, caffeine and kilos helped us out. So there's been some really cool things, I think, that have kind of grown through the, uh, the push-pull for PC program. So it's awesome. Moving on, our number three. Top 10 of 2018. We're almost getting to the end here, Sam. But for me, and I, I think I speak for a lot of the folks here at Project Purple, um, this person uh, was a top three and, and number three for us in, in 2018. And that was the relationship and I would say the friendship and bringing this person onto the Project Purple family with Molly Huddle. Yeah, that, so that I, was exciting. I, I think, you know... For those who are listening who don't know much about running, you know, Molly is an amazing individual, tremendous athlete, has had a tremendous amount of success. She's a 27-time, I believe 27-time national champion, yeah. uh, has been to the Olympics twice, um, and now has moved up to the marathon distance full-time, and has really had... Uh, some great success, you know, in New York, she finished third in her debut marathon. And then just uh, this past New York, she was the second uh, 
U.S. women to finish. She finished fourth at the New York City Marathon with probably, you know, the stacked field of runners that New York has ever seen. The most stacked field of, of runners in the female professional bracket there for the New York City Marathon. I mean, there were some heavy, heavy, heavy weights in that. And she finished fourth. Third was Shalane Flanagan, who was uh, last year's winner, finishing third, um, along with two uh, Ethiopians, I believe, and uh, finishing first and second. So um, the future is bright for Molly. Uh, I, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when she wins that, that marathon. But it was awesome to work with her. She had helped us a ton in creating and driving awareness. And she was also out at an ambassador summit out in the Lincoln uh, Marathon this year. And it was just great to have her out there for, you know, two days working with the race, working with the community. And you got to see that firsthand, Sam, you know, with her involvement and how she is and just with her fans and especially the youth. I thought that was really yeah. cool, that moment that we had with her meeting the young child who was like, you're my idol. And can you sign the yeah, shirt? That was, that and was, was cool. So really her, cool. Yeah. So that, um, the child's, um, mother actually. So it was, it was really cool. Like it wasn't like she was even like just passing by, like Molly had to go way out of her way and she was willing to do it. And it was so cool. Like, uh, the, um, the mother of the child talked to like one of the security guards or something like that. And that, or one of the people running the event and that person walked all the way across well, it was like, like literally all the way across the field, or like the other end of the football field, um, the Huskers field in Nebraska. Um, and she was just that. Yeah, that's right. The security guard just walked up to Molly and was like, hey, so there's somebody there's like a, a young like a young child who wants uh, your autograph. She said you're you're their idol. And so Molly was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be right over there. And she walked all the way around the outside because we're on one side of the finish yeah. line, like all the way around the outside of this whole football field, all the way around um, just to sign the shirt. And it was really cool to be there for that and like watch Molly's conversation and listen in. And um, she was just – she was really good with uh, our ambassadors too. Um, I don't remember who it was, but one of our ambassadors had Molly's handwriting yeah, for – Yeah. And she got the tattoo. So, oh, did she? Yeah. So the story was we we had a uh, Molly at the dinner, the team dinner that night, and the ambassadors, one of our ambassadors, Marissa from New Jersey, asked her to write out like twenty six point two, and she went and got a tattoo of it, and she got the tattoo. So uh, we saw Marissa was in Lincoln with us for the ambassador summit, and then she ran the New York City Marathon this year for us, and she showed me the tattoo in New York. I was like, that is really cool. I'm wow, like, that's amazing. Yeah, so it was actually her writing. So it was really, really cool, and she's just a great person, and uh, unfortunately, you know, her family's had some experiences with pancreatic cancer, and she's been a great ambassador uh, for us and for the disease and helping to bring awareness to it. So. Molly Huddle, you are our number three in the top 10 of 2018. Moving on, number two was our marathon success for 2018. And if we look at the whole program, the marathon program, it's a huge success. It was a record year for us in terms of funds raised over a million dollars just in our marathon program. And if you look at the teams that we had, Sam, we set a record in New York City half for uh, runners participating and funds raised. We set a record in Chicago for the amount of runners uh, that we had running 
and also for uh, funds raised. And then we go to New York and we blew stuff up in New York. We blew it up. Yeah, we were amazing. We were number two charity on Number Crowd two Rise, charity right? on CrowdRise, 475,000 raised, 94 runners, which was a record for us in terms of how many runners we've had uh, running on race day in the New York City Marathon. And it was just an epic, epic, epic year for us in the marathon. And there's someone here that I will make note of. I don't know if she'll ever listen to the Project Purple podcast, but uh, Chelsea Bunyer, who ran that program this year, you know, hats off. Thank you for the success. Um, the credit is due to you. Um, you know, she's no longer here with us here at Project Purple. She's gone on to bigger and better and brighter things. But uh, she had a big part on the success this year. But most importantly, all the runners that got involved. And there were so many great stories this year within all the teams that really made this year really, really special in the year it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was really amazing. Like, this was my first marathon circuit. I hope I don't get uh, a little jaded and expect (laughs) every year to be a record-breaking year. But, um, yeah, it was my first marathon uh, circuit of um even experiencing marathons and being at a marathon and so it was really really exciting um first of all just to see that many people run by me because i'd never seen that before (laughs) um but then to hear of all the success we were having and watch everybody's excitement and scrolling and everybody hitting refresh to see like oh where are we at right now we're gonna break four hundred thousand or we're gonna break 450 and then like everybody kind of just teaming up and being really exciting and everyone push it towards one goal. Um, I always looked at distance running as kind of an individual thing. Um, and it sort of opened my eyes that it is very much a team thing. And it was um, really cool to be a part of watching everyone's shared experience. It's only going to get better next year, Sam. Oh, yeah. Only going to get bigger and better. So drum roll, please, here. We got a drum roll. There we go. So the number one moment of uh, 2018 in our top ten and um, I think there's no controversy, let's say, on this one, but it was the historic research grant to NYU that we announced a couple weeks back in November on World Pancreatic Cancer Day of all days, which was historic for us in many reasons, but $1.25 million to NYU. Millions. Million. Millions. Yeah. $1.25 million to NYU for the creation of an early detection clinic and surveillance clinic of pancreatic cancer with Dr. Diane Simeone, who's been a guest on our podcast. So if there was any conspiracy theories, we'll put those aside. You know, we've been talking to Diane for a really long time. She's an amazing human being and she's an amazing scientist, clinician and surgeon and Really exciting to work with her and the team at NYU. There's some really amazing things happening at NYU, not only with Diane, but you've got Dr. Paul Overstein on the clinical oncology side. You've got Daphna Barsagni. We've got Jane Cullis, who we just had on, you know, uh, on our podcast, who's on the research side of things, a benchwork scientist at NYU. So there's just some really great things happening there. And we are so excited for this grant. I mean, it's our biggest grant ever. You know, and now pushes our research portfolio just in the last, you know, 24 to 36 months, well over $2 million invested in research, which is phenomenal because if we're going to change this disease, we've got to give the researchers, the scientists, the doctors, the means necessary to do the research. And this project 
can't be done anywhere else. I don't think it can just because of the vast population in the New York City area and the access to patients that the New York City area brings in such a densely populated area of the country. It's just so exciting to be involved with NYU, with Diane and the whole team there and being in the New York market. You know, New York has now become really the mecca of, you know, the the country and possibly the world in terms of this disease for treatment. You've got Columbia, which we've worked with Columbia in the past. You've got NYU, which we just mentioned. You've got Memorial Sloan Kittering. We've worked with them in the past. You've got some doctors and scientists at Cornell, Weill. You've got some at Sinai. Um, you've got Cold Spring Harbor Laboratories just in Long Island. So within, you know, you've got Yale here in Connecticut, which is not far. So within, you know, a couple hours, you've got some amazing scientists. You've got amazing resources, and we're excited to be part of it at NYU and and have the mass population in the New York City tri-state area, even up into New England, have the ability now to get to a center, to go through surveillance, to go through genetic testing, to go through monitoring. And for families that have concerns and for people that have concerns about this disease, this is gonna be a game changer. And one of the things that we hope to do within this study as well is to create protocol across the country. So to get government involved, get the get the legislative body to say, like these are the things that we need to do now across the country because we have the data, we have done the research because we have the ability to do that in the New York greater area with the surveillance and this early detection program. So to me, Hands down, the top moment for Project Purple in 2018. You know, we saved the best for last, as they say, but what a way to go out on top with our largest grant ever and really a seven-figure gift to uh, an amazing team over at NYU. And we're excited to see the fruits of that labor continue over the next coming years and hopefully, you know, in our pursuit of our mission, which is a world without pancreatic cancer and helping to find a cure. So Sam, on that note, that is the top 10 of 2018. I don't know how much more we could have done um, and how, how bigger we could have gotten because that was really epic for me to, uh, to have that grant at NYU. I don't think there's much we could have done. I, I, I did want to see the number closer to 2 million, but I, I don't know, you know, maybe that'll be the next evolution of Project yeah. Purple will be the next, you know, grant will be $2 million or something along those lines. And that's only because of our supporters. You guys allow us to do these amazing things. Without it, we couldn't do it. So we appreciate all the love and support. But I do have a question before we end this podcast. Is 2019, Sam, where do we go from here? What are, what are some of your thoughts? Um, I just think we, we keep on building and we keep on building. Um, personally, um, for me as the media guy, I'd like to be able to provide more. Um... Don't give it all away, Sam. No, I won't. I won't. we got a whiteboard behind us <laughs> a lot of ideas. So we can't give away any of the good stuff. This is how we keep our viewership going. Exactly. Here. But, um, yeah, I'd like to just kind of um, provide more um, inspiring content and to just keep inspired. Like, I mean, not to be redundant, but to actually it's it's really cool to give people inspiration, you know, and, and to helpful, be helpful to people. Um, cause I mean, everybody stands to gain something from learning more about Project Purple and hearing some of these amazing stories, even if you have no connection to pancreatic cancer at all. 
Um, obviously, there's the educational component with the doctors, but from some of the survivor stories, like what more motivation do you need to persevere in your life than to hear about stories like, for example, um, like, like take uh, Kevin Chouinard, for example, who was um, he was basically bedridden and then yeah. now looks great, like playing golf. Um, we saw him in New York, and that was cool to see. Or plays pe- in a band. He's yeah, a plays drummer. in a band. Yeah. Uh, people like Lupe, people like Bill DeFord. And so we're going to keep look to uh, keep bringing you exp- inspiring stories like that, and we're going to keep trying to also to grow um, from a fundraising standpoint and to grow some of our programs and to keep moving upwards. So I guess the simple uh, simple thing to say is where do we go in 2019? We go up. All right, I think you, you said that pretty profoundly going up. Um I look forward to 2019 and seeing where all this grows. And like I said from the very beginning, I mean, to do 40 episodes, I think if you asked me in the beginning of the year, would we get to 40 episodes, I probably would have said probably not. And just because, not because I didn't believe it, but maybe I didn't realize the power that this would have. And that's because of our viewers and the guests and everyone who supported this crazy idea from the very get-go. So with that, I want to thank everyone listening everyone who's downloaded the project purple podcast and it's pretty wild i just uh you know i'll share everyone a story someone had messaged me um, because i think we put something on social media that we're recording again and someone messaged me earlier and said hey i just downloaded the podcast and i listen to it now so we just need more people to do that and we'll continue to do that and if there's a need and i'm sure um next year the you know Technology is ever evolving, so is social media. And I think our responsibility is to keep evolving and see yep. where that goes. So, you know what? Maybe there's uh, there's other avenues that this me um, this venue will play out in. Yeah. You know, but I, I I'm looking forward to it. So 2019, we're coming for you, hot and heavy. Uh, with that, this is the last episode of 2018. So we're gonna get a two week break. Yep. Take Sam's a little holiday got, break. Sam's got a holiday break. He's got to get his beard back into uh, into uh, spring shape because we'll be going into the spring, and uh, we'll be going into the winter really. But he's got to get it trimmed up and get get. He's got to get. Organized. You got to get more organized for <laughs> full time work, Sam. But uh, appreciate all the hard work this year, Sam, on the Project Purple podcast. Couldn't do it without you. And uh, we'll be taking a break for two weeks, but we'll be back at it once we get through the holidays. And we're excited for. Uh, you know, to share with you some many, many guests and some inspiring content here from Project Purple. So on that note, thank you once again for all the listeners for listening in every week for the last 40 weeks. And we'll see you in two weeks. That's a wrap on 2018. Thanks, guys.